and we're live. All right. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Time and Place, the gospel conversation show where we discuss faith on the fringes and do our best to apply God's word to God's world. I'm Solomon. This is Julian. Yep. And today we're going to talk about Christmas as a post-mill holiday. Mm. But uh, first, Julian, what the heck is going on in the world today? Man, YouTube is just... They're, they're trying to, they're, I don't know if they're trying to kill their platform or they're just trying to purge it, but boy, did they drop a bomb today. So I've been getting up. I always get the updates from YouTube because we have the, the creator stream on here. So I never check them. It's all, it always, you know, updates to our policy. And I figure it's nothing big. It doesn't matter. Don't have to look at it. But people started reporting it. People who aren't news channels, which I thought was weird. They were reporting it that YouTube has decided that any uh, information from any videos that may suggest that the election was determined or overturned or won via nefarious means, such as glitches, election fraud, anything like that, those videos will be taken down immediately. No question, no, no, you know, there's no, there's no nuance. It's, oh, did you say that? Did you imply it? It's gone. So if I say right now, in theory, yes. <laughs> if. I'll do the I'll do the OJ Simpson. <laughs> if I say, if I were to say something like, uh, the election was stolen from Donald Trump, yes, because the voter machines were made by communists in Venezuela. <laughs> that that will get stricken down for being harmful misinformation. Is the video off now? Like, no, it'll it'll take him a couple of days to get to. We're we're kind of bottom rung. I don't think they're gonna know that right away. I heard Tim Pool say when, when he was on Rogan one time, he was saying that there's a name of uh, some CIA operative, somebody, somebody in the, well, the intelligence mm. organization, or whatever, whose name. If you say his name, your video will get pulled from YouTube. And he's and then Joe, of course, Joe's like, "What's the name? What's the name?" He's like, "No, this video." <laughs> he said he did it, or it was like oh, social media too. If you post it on social media, if you put a, a name. And he, he, so he did an experiment too, saying, uh, so say the name is John Smith or whatever. He said, um, I can't wait for my dentist appointment today with John, with John's, with uh, dentist John Smith or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think he even like found something and then pulled, it was gone. Yeah. Was so like, even if the guy, just the name, not even naming <laughs> the person's name. Yeah. Well, what if that's, someone has that name? That's, you're stricken. You don't exist anymore. That's conceivable, right? Unless it's super yeah. weird, like that, they could have the same name. Yeah, that's nuts. And what was crazy too is, I, I think I saw that episode with Tim Pool, and he was talking about how that name is public knowledge, like it's been printed in the media before, but social media is just scrubbing it. So <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's, nuts, that's 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 some power, man. That's power. Well, the, I mean, the crazy thing about it is now, if, if they're if they're doing that, that's publisher. Yeah, that's that's yeah. publishing. That's editorial oversight, like oversight. telling people what oversight. they can write. Right. You're not a platform. You're a publisher. Yeah. At That's that point, you, which is fine. Just, just tell us the rules. Like, right. That, <laughs> well, <laughs> the I, guess biggest, they, I guess they are. They got that. Yeah. That, but I mean, that, the way they determine, update. like, they determine or the way they name it, and then I guess how they determine it's harmful information. Like, what makes it harmful? Why is it harmful? Because it, 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 it uh, 
crumbles faith in democracy. <laughs> See, people have to believe our elections actually matter. So they won't vote anymore. But they haven't been since 2016. So what difference does it make? That was for four years. The narrative was the election was stolen. It was Russian meddling. Oh, no. But now it's like, no, we have, we believe in democracy 100%. Like it's the true virtue. Yeah. Um, what's, the, what's the lady of Georgia, the, the mayor, the, the governor of Georgia, that uh, Stacey Abrams or something? Mm-hmm. Can no, it's Candace. Let me I can't remember. I can't remember her names. Uh, but she, she's like claiming that she's the rightful governor of Georgia, Democrat, and she's like, it was stolen. It was completely fraud. It was you know the same thing Trump's doing basically, and she's done that for the last few years of like the governor. I, I'm the rightful governor. People are also saying it too. Yeah. No, nothing on Twitter. Nothing about elections. Like, it's the same thing. It's the same exact thing. <laughs> you can go on right now and say, I forget her name. It's Abrams. You're right. It was Abrams. Stacey Abrams. Abrams. You can go on there right now on Twitter and say Stacey Abrams is the rightful governor of of Georgia, and nothing. Like totally fine. But it's say, it's crazy too because YouTube <laughs> put this up on their blog. So if you go to the YouTube, uh, not blog. my president. Remember that was like trending. Yeah, that was, that was a huge trending thing. on on Twitter. Not my president. Uh, okay, but that's totally fine. Yeah. Other well, than- dem- democracy <laughs> matters if you're winning. If you're not oh. winning, then it's a scourge. If you're winning, then it's the last bastion of human integrity. Yeah. <sighs> that's crazy, man. And that's what's crazy, power. too, their blog, I went to go check the actual blog because that's where they posted more clarifications. And I guess the algorithm had been triggered uh, 200,000 times just in the past couple of weeks. For the words, I guess we're going to get triggered for it. Michigan recount and Dominion voting machines. So just saying those words sends get... a signal that somebody needs to check the video, make sure they're not saying anything. Oh, man. Hey, we'll get some viewers. Right? <laughs> <laughs> What's our new strategy? We're going all controversy. <laughs> yeah, what can we not say? Let's go uh, Alex Jones style on this. Just shock jock radio. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, dude. Uh, there was a, another recent episode of Rogan where he was talking to this guy named it's gotta be a fake name or like a <laughs> like like Prince or something. You know what I mean? Like one of those mm-hmm. like celebrity names. That's Moxie, his real name, Moxie Marlin Spike. <laughs> That's a lot of things. Yeah, Moxie Marlin Spike, and uh, or Marlin's yeah, Marlin Spike. Uh, it seemed like a pretty cool dude. He created Signal, which I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, like a texting app. Like a okay. message, it's a messaging app. Is it but, encrypted and everything? Yeah, One like the, yeah. like no tracking, no nothing. It's totally just straight. I guess you know he he hates the tracking and the monetizing data and all that kind of stuff. So it's like kind of anti. It's a nonprofit organization. So he okay. Like, but he looks dude, he looks like he's got like I can't tell if they're dreads or <laughs> <laughs> like dreads that came undone or something. But um, he, he's he seemed like a like a pretty cool guy. But man, he he was. You say they're talking about this about like uh, shadow banning and just pulling videos and guilty until proven innocent kind of thing. And then um, they're saying he, he was saying that Rogan say that it is seems to be disproportionately against the right ideologies on the the right, uh, which I would agree. And in his attitude, basically was that the right's doing okay or something like that. It was kind of <laughs> like. Well, what is the kind of answer is that? Like, to the fair, it's not. It's like, well, they can, you know, and it's like, okay, whatever. Like, that's, there's no other place where that's okay. You know, yeah. if there's any person anyway, it's like, it'd be complete tyranny and whatever else. But I don't know. 
Whatever. This is, I mean, what's going to, the only alternative is going to be if another company manages to have a video sharing platform as big as YouTube. And I don't know how that could happen at this point. Well, what I see happening is having the right YouTube and the left YouTube, the right mm. Twitter and the left Twitter. Uh, I right, mean, who's going to make that? Who's going to like parlor? I mean, there's going to be like, what will take you in and they do. And then, you know, but then what if a bunch of lefties get on it and it's like, Oh, Trump this, Trump that, you know, go Biden and all this stuff. And it's like, well, they're going to want to see that. And then it'll be the reverse. Then it'll be all the people on the right saying like, you can't allow that video on here. He's talking about Biden. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then, and then Parler will be like, well, you know, where's all the money's coming from It's on the right. So yeah, you're right. We should take that video. Yeah. <laughs> We really yeah. did not. Everybody Public went all money in. and Democrat money. Everybody went all in on these social media platforms, and we didn't think this through like at all. <laughs> no thought went into this. I'm telling you, man, it's so weird. Like I, 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 I know that we're gonna look back on social media. And I was reading this article on suicide recently about how they kind of cluster and how mm. right there's like you know like they have like ten kids at this high school commit suicide in like five years. It's like what the heck like something's going on like what what's going on and it is this sort of influence thing it's kind of the abigail schreier thing too with like the irreversible damage book about these right. uh transgender rapid onset transgender uh dysphoria and stuff and like or rapid onset gender dysphoria where it's like you have 10 a group of a, a friend group of five girls or something mm -hmm. and then all three or four of them all are transgender it's like wow that's a coincidence that they all knew each <laughs> other before and then just happened to independently without any influence of each other at all became transgender or whatever and it's like no there's something to it and she relates it to like uh bulimia and anorexia and stuff in these, in these friend groups how it is like sort of uh this guy in gad sad kind of talks about it too about like a mind virus like these ideas get in, into groups and then mm. they start spreading and then now and they're, talk, and they're also talking about that with suicide and how like this is like a like a kind of like a plague or like a virus that can spread through influence and through all these different things of like hey they got out wow you know there's similar situations happening to, to a bunch of different kids which yeah of course like a lot of kids lose their scholarships and girlfriends break up with them right that happens so it, and it's like okay well now anybody with those pre-existing conditions or whatever it was comorbidities so to speak I commit suicide and then it becomes like a cluster and then well, somebody at school did and they had a memorial for him and they had a whole you know thing on social media for him and they had oh, was always the tension and i can't help but think the article didn't go too much into the social media aspect of it but i can't help but think that people might die for likes you know what i mean if that's the end goal like a corporation wants to get likes and and clicks and, and views and shares and stuff to sell shoes, right? Like Nike, like that's what they want. That's the end goal is to right. sell something or a product right. or come see my movie or whatever it is. Uh, but if your goal is the likes and the attention from social media, what wouldn't you do to get that attention and, and go viral or get, you know, cutting yourself and then you went viral and someone helped my friend. And I don't know, like it's, and, and I know it's controversial to say like people are doing these things for attention or whatever, but um, I think if we completely rule that out, I don't think we can completely rule that out, especially with social mm. media. And not only that, but just peeing, seeing people, kids learning how to commit suicide through social media and through mm. other things of like, oh, they did this. Oh, wow. They did that. Oh, wow. 
you know, I'm going through the same thing and I feel lost and alone and hopeless too. And, you know, and it's just all these kind of things pile up and it's like, Hey, you know, it's, it's going down that road again. And the, and, and, and a lot of it is social media, uh, warnings, right? Like I'm tired of this, you know, kind of mm -hmm. vague, vague, vague right, right. posting, right? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but it's like, what's wrong? Hey, hey you know, and you kind of get that attention, right? Yeah. It's like, I, I can't believe when people are so whatever, or I'm so sick of this world, or I can't believe, whatever, whatever it is. And then you post something vague enough and then get people asking. And then it's like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. You know, and it's like, okay, well, then you just posted it to the entire world. Why did you do that? <laughs> you don't want to talk about it. But um, yeah, man, I think social media, like telling you, and then. I mean, that was the rationale with, uh, I think in, in Europe, they don't report mass shooters or mass murderers by name because they don't want that romanticizing yeah. going on but we i mean we do it here and it happens so yeah but yeah i don't think you should um i, I mean if you if there's a murder and they help try to please catch somebody then maybe devil's just information or whatever but if he's like if he died at the scene or if he's been arrested don't give him that fame that like you know put his name in the paper and stuff because that's part of it i mean that has to be part of it like that's right totally that's why Mark Chapman killed John Lennon. Mm. I want to, I want, I want, he wanted to be tied to him forever. Mission accomplished. Like you did it. <laughs> you know? he, uh, uh, the guy that shot Reagan didn't kill him, but tried to sh uh, shot Reagan. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to get Jody Foster's attention. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. That was, yeah. That was the reason why. Cause he saw a taxi driver and went crazy for her, even though she was like 12 <laughs> in that movie. Oh, what? Because he thought that like that's what he did. Taxi driver that she'll like him because he. I yeah, I guess he was being Travis Bickle. Did and he drive a taxi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's just it's. That's crazy. It's nuts how much influence social media has on society to just be able to say like what opinion we're allowed to have and share now. Yeah, man, it's it's nuts, and and yeah, this whole thing about like election fraud and you know people ruling it out i mean both sides were were screaming election fraud before and now one side is completely silent it's like well i'm betting it's the side that won because <laughs> <laughs> right? it was supposed to be like oh trump's trump's taking out mailboxes off of streets and he doesn't want the mail and oh he's trying mm. to destroy the u.s mail and he's going to steal the election by blowing up the post office and you know or whatever and then now he won is like and now biden won it's like oh, you know who? What mail? Yeah, no, it's totally fair. Totally great. It's the you only know, time I've ever seen anyone defend the mail. I know. Look at the crap about the mail. I saw somebody at HEB with a brand new, clean United States Postal shirt, Service shirt. And it didn't look like they came just from delivery mail. It wasn't even like a male uniform. It was like it was a, a t-shirt. He bought a shirt. Like oh, my he, God. Like went online and found a shirt. I remember seeing that. Like, it's brand clean new shirt. I'm like, it was right at the height of everything, right at you know before the election. It's like, are you seriously like, like wearing that? You know, like, and this team's gonna win the Super Bowl better by the shirt. You know, <laughs> all on post office. <laughs> I'm team post office. Yeah, post office life. Never sent a letter in the last twenty years. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, well, that's cool. I, I wanted to add this segment i don't think we ever actually talked about it as far as like a segment on here but it's called fit to print mm, yeah it and was kind of in the air <laughs> I, and we always like did it but we didn't like talk about it i guess which i guess we should do 
But um, yeah, I do want to have a segment on here called Fit to Print, where like I, you or me, like go through uh, print media, like books mm. or magazines or newspapers or actual not not the billion flood of articles you get online <laughs> that change that they can go and actually change if there's a correction or something and they don't even tell you mm. um, on, on on digital media, but but print media, and it's just a way to kind of keep it like you got to select something. You can go on right now and find an article on anything. But if you, you know, subscribe to a magazine or newspaper or something and they see an article, catches your attention, cool, this is what's going on, kind of frozen in time, you know. Right. Um, but, yeah, so I want to talk about this article about um, trans uh, – I'm, I'm sorry, Downs, Downs syndrome uh, in Denmark. And it's this – the Atlantic, this this month's issue of the Atlantic. Uh, Albert Muller talked about it on the briefing a little bit. I think he referenced this article actually, but um, yeah, it's about it's called the last children of Down syndrome. Prenatal testing is changing who gets born and who doesn't. This is just the beginning. So it's all about prenatal testing and and uh, testing if see if your kid's gonna have uh, Down syndrome, your baby or or. Um, any, a lot of things. You can test for like a whole list of, of diseases and stuff uh, that, and then choose to abort. That's the whole point of the prenatal yeah. testing is, do, is you know, you do want to have a baby with Down syndrome. No. Okay. Abort. And so that's the choice. And apparently in Denmark, it's like, I, I don't know if it's, it, it, it said it was mandatory, but then it also said some, this one family opted out. So I don't understand how that's, I don't know if it's mandatory or if it's just like part of the process and everybody does it. But um, yeah, so they're doing that and nobody is like having any Down syndrome kids. And so this article is kind of questioning, which I'm, hey, kudos to the Atlantic for even talking about it and uh, questioning it as far as like, should we be doing this? This is not, is this ethical? Is this, you know, right. and, where does, and where does this end? You know, like what, where do we stop with this? This is the beginning of like eugenics. Are we trying to like perfect humanity and, mm. you know, and to say that there's something wrong with people with down syndrome. Right. And that's a huge, like that's what's being said, which is a terrible thing to say. And, but, and everybody's all hush hush about it and quiet, but it's really crazy. Um, uh, for the first quote, like this one, this one person is saying um, couple, a couple had waited for their prenatal screening to come back and back normal before announcing the pregnancy to friends and family. Quote, we wanted to wait, they told their loved ones, quote, because if it had Down syndrome, we would have an abortion. And it's, and, and it's so like, this is Down syndrome screening to every pregnant woman, regardless of age or other risk factors, nearly all expecting mothers choose to take the test. To those who get a Down syndrome diagnosis, more than 95% choose to abort. That is nuts. Um, and then, she, and then there's this this woman who they send to, they kind of like give her her number. She's like a counselor or something who has a Down syndrome child who's 18. And they ask her like, what's it like? Because they don't know anything about like Down syndrome. They don't know what it's like. They don't have any friends or family or anything. This has been going on for decades. And so they either get you in touch with one of the few Down syndrome families and say like, what is it like? You know? And she tells them, you know, it's ups and downs and here's what it's like, whatever. And they, from that conversation, either choose to wow. have a baby or most of 95% don't. And, and what does that say for that woman about her kid of like, right. They're literally saying they don't want their baby to be like my kid. That's insane. Like that, how, like how is that? Okay. Like that's totally nuts. And it says, 
Fault Hansen says uh, the calls she receives. So that's the that's the lady's last name. Uh, she receives are about information helping parents make a truly informed decision. Helping what? Parents? Hmm. You know what I mean? So this is presumably their first child. Right. Helping parents make a truly informed like just the wording of that. Just like how can you write that sentence and understand what you're saying? You're talking, you're calling them parents to make a decision to what? not be parents anymore mm. because they are pregnant and they're going to have a baby and they're, ha but you're asking them, I mean, they're making a decision and what even the decision is, this is the whole pro-choice thing right. is that um, says, quote, he must be aware of the debate. Oh, cause she, she's talking to his family of that, of, of that young man who is, has Down syndrome. She's talking to his sister. She says, um, I asked it, which, uh, so she said, he said, she said, he must be aware of the debate. I asked, which felt perverse to even say. So he's aware there are people who don't want people <clears throat> like him to be born. Mm. That's like literally what she's saying. And she feels terrible and she should feel terrible for like thinking that and saying right. that. And she is kind of acknowledging that. Um, this one part says, but when the decisions so overwhelmingly swing one way to abort, it does seem to reflect something more, an entire society's judgment about the lives of people with Down syndrome. That's what I saw reflected in Carl Emil's face. Carl Emil's the 18 year old guy who has Down mm. syndrome. And you know, he's and he like buried his head and didn't want to talk about it and stuff. And it's like, yeah, because you're like this is the whole debate is like people like you shouldn't be born. Right. That's literally what you're saying. And this is supposed to be seen as like a success. And there was one doctor called it um, uh, this Raina Rap described the parents to the front on the frontier of productive technology as quote moral pioneers. Suddenly a new power has was thrust into the hands of ordinary people, the power to decide what kind of life is worth bringing into the world. Mm. Bro, this is like so sad. Like this is just scary. Like, <laughs> and then she talks about um, how women uh, feel that the burden of this choice is on them. And it's like, isn't that the whole thing? my body, my choice, like, isn't that exactly what you want? You, the husband's not even allowed to make a decision. You can't say anything like what? <laughs> yeah. It, it's Dude. crazy the way it's framed. When you say like the end of down syndrome, it, it's not the end of down syndrome. It's just the end of people being born with down syndrome. That's like, if we said right. we ended cancer and we did it by just killing everybody who had cancer. As soon as you got a positive, yeah. treatment, we just killed you. Hitler, Hitler ended Judaism. Right. And yeah, exactly. By killing all the Jews. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a way to do that. Man, that's crazy. We can end poverty too. Right. We're just going to kill all the poor people. <laughs> no more poverty. Right. And that's, but, oh man, like, it's so weird to see a writer, like, struggle, know something's wrong with this, but can't really mm -hmm. find the words to talk about it. And yeah, it says, felt disproportionately, this decision felt disproportionately on mothers. There were fathers who agonized over the choice too, but mothers usually bore most of the burden. Mm. What burden? I thought this was their empowerment. Right. Right? I mean, this is empowering. They're moral pioneers. They're living their truth and stuff. It says, uh, but middle class, middle class white women especially seemed fixated on the idea of selfishness. Let's talk about the guilt that these women are feeling. Right. Um, the woman she interviewed, uh, the women she interviewed were among the first in their families to forego homemaking for paid work. They had not just jobs, but careers. They were that were central to their identity. Mm, there it is. That's it. 
and it is selfishness, right? I mean, and, and they're feeling that. You feel guilty because you're guilty. Like, if I remove a tumor, I'm, there's no burden about that. Right. It's a cluster of cells of a growth that I need to have removed. There's no, like, moral agony of over this decision. It's, can't do it. Schedule, thank God for, you know, and, uh, you know, doing the right thing to move, remove a, a lump or a, uh, whatever, a growth or anything, right? But you, they feel bad because they know what's happening. Um, yeah, choosing not to have a child with a disability out of fear of how it might affect one's career, for example, becomes judged as selfishness. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't what <laughs> medical technology can offer women a choice. This is crazy. See, this is the thing. This is so key. Medical technology can offer women a choice, but it does not instantly transform the society around them. It does not dismantle the expectation that women are the primary caregivers or erase the ideal of a good mother as one who places no limits on her devotion to her children. They want to change that. Right. She's saying, unfortunately, <laughs> it doesn't dismantle the whole society and expectations of motherhood, which was what we wanted. So what's the, what do you do to not feel guilty? Uh, transform the society around you. Right. Or dismantle the expectation. Well, then I don't feel guilty. You know, that's the only reason I feel guilty because society it has this expectation. And, and, and so what do you do? do? Do I look at myself? I'm doing no transform. It's society. That's wrong. Right. It's the people that are wrong. It's society and everything. And it's just so like, it's, it's scary, dude. And they're talking about like, um, and it's not just down syndrome right now. Like it, that's the primary one, but like the, it's everything. Um, it's in reach, all the in, in reach over uh, fertilization and stuff. This one guy calls it velvet eugenics. Velvet for the soft, subtle way it encourages the eradication of disability. Mm. <laughs> and then wouldn't you want only the best for your baby? One you're already spending tens of thousands of dollars on IVF to conceive. It turns people into products. Well, guess what? With social media, people are already products. That mm. was the whole thing in the social dilemma, right? Like if you don't, if it's free and you don't know how they... <laughs> You're the product. <laughs> Your eyeballs are what makes them money. You know, <laughs> they just want you glued to that thing. But I don't know. This it was. I, I'm glad that this is as this was written. Um, yeah, but it's so. I, I did like this one. She said uh, that question had stayed with Meredith, and it stayed. She talked about you know the Down syndrome kid. Oh, uh, when they were growing up, there was a um, the the sister had a basketball game. She fell down and got hurt, and then the 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 boy ran out there and and protected her and got and helped her and stuff. No idea, you know, propriety or didn't think of any like I shouldn't do this. I should. He just thought right. I need to care for my sister. She's hurt. I need mm -hmm. to go. And there's that heart. And she's talking about like you know what are the um, yeah, on, thanks. <laughs> um, it's like what. What are the benefits? What are the values? Whatever, and she's saying that um, it doesn't have to do with it, with the, with accomplishment. She mm -hmm. said it has to do with caring about another human being. She said that question has stayed with Meredith, and it stayed with me because of how subtly yet powerfully it reframes what parents should value in their children. Not grades or basketball trophies or college acceptance letters or any of the things parents usually brag about. By doing so, it opens the door to a world less obsessed with achievement. Meredith pointed out that Down syndrome is defined to die. This is great. Down syndrome is defined and diagnosed by a medical system made up of people to, who have to be highly successful to get there, who likely base part of their identity in their intelligence. This is the system giving parents the tools to decide what kind of children to have. 
might it be biased on the question of whose lives have value? Mm. You got a bunch of educated doctors telling you, don't you want your kid to be a doctor? Down syndrome won't, he won't become like me. He won't become like, you know, it's like, well, who are you? Is that you, you're, you're the success standard. Like, <laughs> and so my, my kid's not worth, you know, oh man, it's so nuts. Mm. And she's yeah. like, yeah. She said when she talked to people about this article, she said people would say, you know, pe people with Down syndrome work and go to college now. It's like, but I wondered why we so so often need to point to achievements for evidence that the lives of people with Down syndrome are meaningful. And it's true that like, oh, they're not going to provide anything to society. Well, that's our culture yeah. of death, right? Right. The old people, right? Mm. That's why I don't understand people so freaked out about COVID. It's killing all the weak and, and old people. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Right. Not contribute anything to society? You know, I mean, this is Darwin's disease. Like, <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> It's man, you know, we were talking, me and Maggie were talking this week about that whole idea of achievement as your value. And, you know, we were talking about it in, in the sense of I, I knew people growing up who didn't go to church anymore or stopped going to church because their kid had basketball tournaments or soccer tournaments or whatever mm. it may be. And, you know, they, they poured all this money and time and something into this that's going to be their future. Like they're going to be a star. They've got raw talent and we're going to invest everything into molding it. And then that doesn't happen for whatever reason they grow up and they're not big enough or they're not, yeah. you know, they're not good enough because you have to be that good. W what do you have now? You've, you've spent their whole life pouring that into them and they have nothing. And at the, at the foundation, they don't even have the most important thing. They have no knowledge of the Lord now because yeah. you've invested all that time and all of that. Yeah. Um, on, on that note, kind of staying on that, then I want to talk about this book a little bit too. Uh, the biography of Augustus, mm. um, I was, I was like reading this, I read this a little while ago and then uh, I read that article today, but I, I kind of like connected this. It says, when a child was born, the, the midwife took the infant and placed it on the floor in front of the father. Should the father wish to acknowledge his paternity, he would lift the baby into his arms if it was a boy. If a girl, he would simply instruct that she be fed. Only after this ritual had taken place did the child receive his or her first nourishment. So it's child, so that's pro-choice right there, uh, just you know before abortion was available. Right. right, the kid actually had to be born, and then you decide if you want it, which they did. It said apparently Gaius uh, was lucky to survive the uh, this procedure, for an astrologer had given him a bad prognosis, and he narrowly escaped infanticide. Mm. If Gaius had been rejected, he would have been a. This is like what they did. He would have been abandoned in the open air and left to die. This was a fate to which illegitimate children and girls were especially liable as were, on, on one may surmise, sickly or disabled babies. Hmm. Rejected infants were left on dung hills or near cisterns. They were often picked up, the, picked up there by slave traders, although the family might reclaim the child later if it so wished, or more rarely rescued by a kindly passerby. Otherwise, they would starve unless eaten by stray dogs. <laughs> so sickly or disabled babies. Well, they didn't have prenatal tests back then. They had, they just like, kill them in the womb instead of wait till they were out of the womb and then abandon them. But it's just like, wow, it's amazing that things don't change. Like, right. human nature is, you know, <laughs> that's how it's how we value life. We just and, got, we got more efficient at it now. Yeah, we can <laughs> do it quicker. Out of sight, out of mind. You can, right. you don't have to see the baby. Yeah, man. It's nuts, dude. I remember, it makes me think about when I saw the, uh, I remember seeing the sonogram. The first sonogram I saw, it was kind of weird because, you know, they're still not fully formed yet, but they're getting Doppler there. radar. Yeah. <laughs> you see the storm. I mean, that's what's pointed out where it is. 
Yeah. But I remember seeing his face and I saw his profile and he had a, a nose like mine. And that was the moment where I was like, whoa, this is like a person who looks like me already. And he's yeah, not man. even like halfway done. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, man. That's why Planned Parenthood doesn't like sonograms. Mm. You know, it's a lot harder to kill someone you've seen. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's 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 not weird. I shouldn't say it's weird, but it's it's telling that during COVID, when everything was closing down, Planned Parenthood was one of those things that people were fighting to stay open. Like we, we yeah. can stop society, but we got to kill these babies. Like someone's got to get this done. Yeah. That's. Oof. Yeah. Well, I mean, liquor stores stayed open and AA meetings were banned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. That's, oh, that's where we are. It's happening. It's <sighs> crazy, man. And on that anyway, note, post I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We're going to bring it back up. <laughs> but you know what? On that, I, the, this is this is not some fringe uh right wing or what you know whatever magazine questioning this this is the atlantic which is pretty mainstream kind of left-leaning things that you would not think that would even question anything like this mm -hmm. in fact they might i bet a lot of people are angry about this article that, that was even written about like abortion and questioning it or what are we doing and you know all these things um yeah but i'm glad that they actually are and they actually like profiling uh, you know, writing, you know, highlighting people with Down syndrome and, and just having that that conversation. That's a that's a good thing. I mean, that that is that that people are even stopping to question it in something as prominent as a cover story, you know, of the Atlantic. So it's like that's that's pretty it's going to get eyeballs and that's going to get right. people's attention and maybe, you know, have some other conversations about this. But, yeah. Hmm. I was glad to see it in the mainstream magazine like this. It, it, it is funny to see them not know even how to approach it. Cause like, well, right. still not that there's anything wrong. <laughs> right. And it's like, well, we're still pro choice, still believe in a woman's right to choose. But then I'm also going to write about how it's a terrible thing that this choice falls is on the, on the woman as the burden. It's like, you're talking, you're, you're, you're contradicting yourself <laughs> saying my body, my choice, but then are complaining that women bear the brunt of the, of the decision. It's either a burden or an empowerment. You can't be both. Right. <laughs> no. Man, it's it's just it's that that urge to suppress the truth and unrighteousness. But you can't. Like when it's right in front of your face, it just it all hits you and you can't deny it. Yes. Oh man. But on a positive note, <laughs> heading into positivity, we, we don't want to uh you know, it's important to put things out, but we don't want to be doom and gloom from those things. Uh, if, if you haven't surmised by now from the, the back catalog, we're fully staunchly of the opinion that at some point in time, abortion will be ended as a reality in the world. Like that, it right. won't be a thing anymore. What this means, what, what all this truth means. Now, don't, don't miss, uh, uh, mistake truth and facts and kind of reality situation with uh, hopelessness or negativity, right. or that it will always be that way, or things that have not, the things have not gotten better. Uh, they certainly have. What this, when when I read stuff like this, what I see that is, we have work to do. Mm. There's there's something that can be done. There, there's right. work to 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 do, and we're not just twiddling our thumbs waiting for the second coming. Mm. We are working. Like this exists in God's world. What are you going to do about it? Mm. 
right? Like this is, this is happening. What are you going to do about it? And the, I think the automatic reaction for a lot of Christians is, well, nothing, you can't do anything about it. Mm. That's just, it's all going to be that that's part of the course, you know, we're on our way down. And, you know, and, and some people are almost even glad that a genocide or world war three or all these terrible things might happen because that means Jesus is going to come back. Like things have to get worse before he comes back. So bring it on. It's like, <laughs> That's the most unchristian thing <laughs> you can say or you can do. So, yeah, that is like, look, this is happening to image bearers of God. What are you going to do about it? What, what are you going to do about your fellow, like, genocide of Down syndrome people in Denmark? Like, and, and here, and, and like, hey, vote. Hey, uh, mm-hmm. rally. Hey, write something. Hey, talk about it on a podcast. Like, whatever. Like, do something. Do something. What are you going to But you can do something. Mm. There's it, it. That's the hopeful part, right? Is that this can end? This the gospel will succeed in, in human history, and what if we actually believed that? Right? We mm. might actually be doing something about this. Well, the, just like, <laughs> the one time we do actually believe that, it seems like everybody is at Christmas time. Yeah, that's the one time when everybody's a post millennialist is at Christmas time. That's when <laughs> Jesus is King, the Savior has come, we're all free from <laughs> sin. That's yeah, when. Yeah, dude. It's awesome. It, I love it. Yeah, it's maybe that's why me and you had a different opinion. When we worked at the comic book store, everybody hated Christmas time. Especially <laughs> Christmas music. They could not stand it. Yeah. But it was to me, it's like that's half of the fun is just the atmosphere, the music that's going on and the the nativity scenes oh, everywhere yeah. and just the, all of that stuff. It's it's key to all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is, man. It's great. Um, I know we were watching the Grinch, the the newest one, mm. um, uh, the, the the cartoon one, the but yeah. the, the the computer one. Um, it's on Netflix, you know, very popular. It's Grinch, whatever. And they had, um, I guess it was Pentatonix singing. Oh. Uh, like all like all the people are chasing him. Like yeah, all yeah. The, all the, the carolers. Are, yeah, the carolers, and they're singing. Uh, God rest you, married gentlemen. I think, or yeah, like that. That's the one. Yep. Is that the one? And they're like chasing him. You know. When, you know, Christ our Savior was born on Christmas, and it's like, what did you say? <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like that's cool. Like, what if movies did that? Like, what if that was a normal part of mm-hmm. movies, and and then we had that? Yeah, man. Like that. That's possible. And like we see little glimpses of it there. Uh, that's awesome. Like that's really cool to see. It's almost because. It- I had this argument with a mutual friend of ours who has recently bought a Christmas tree. So I feel like I made it, had a victory that they've embraced Christmas for the first time. For the first time, yeah. yeah. But uh, we had that argument about it because they were saying, you know, what's good about Christmas? It's all consumerism and it's all, you know, closet paganism. And it's like, okay, there's that aspect to it. That's true. But yeah. at the same time, while people are fighting and, and punching each other over Xboxes or trying to get into Black Friday on time, there's still the echo in the background of God rescue Mary Jen. Like they're hearing it, whether they're fully acknowledging it or taking it in they're hearing it they're singing it they're memorizing it this idea that christ was born on christmas day to save us all from satan's power when we had gone astray like that is just out there for everybody to hear yeah that the man we were and you know at at church we've been going through advent reading and uh we've been doing uh isaiah Mm -hmm. the the most of the chapters in isaiah where it talks about the, hey, the so yeah <laughs> imagine that hey, but, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it was interesting to read it because it you know obviously i'm biased but reading some of it i don't understand how you read it and don't think like oh 
post-millennialism, obviously. Hmm. Like, it just doesn't make it, especially in Isaiah 11 was the one that we read uh, this week. Let me pull that up because I want to post that on there. Uh, if you go through that, uh, specifically, where are you? Uh, maybe I'm looking at the wrong one. But just that whole idea that, that goes through is he, he shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall strike down the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he kill the wicked, which I know dower. Like <laughs> if we don't talk about the the judgment on the wicked often, but just that idea that like when, when Christ comes, both things were going to happen at the same time, the, the elevation of the poor and the needy, but also the striking down of the wicked. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it baffles me that we, that's in the Bible. We read that, but 90% of Christians live the other way. Like mm-hmm. the, the wickedness is going to rise. The world is going to get lost. There's no reason to keep trying. It's all going to hell. So why even bother? I mean, like this yeah. is the opposite of that. I don't, I don't understand where that comes from. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's like it's just being optimistic about the future. I mean, it, it it's, it's hard to look because, like, in your lifetime, it's the it's the worst it's ever been, or something. Mm. It, it, it it may be. You know, but even then, it's not, man. Like, there's right. even in in your life, things get better overall in everyone's lifetime. You know, even if it's like, oh, they invented air conditioning or something, like that's <laughs> an improvement. You know what I mean? Like, that's a right. good like. People aren't like dying of heat stroke and stuff, and you can chill and I don't know. It's like uh, there's a lot of progress in that, but. Um, yeah, and the whole like pagan, you know, pagan thing. Like, first of all, nobody knows about any of those things, and that's uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's like you know, the, the Doug Wilson video we watched today about like uh, Thursday and stuff. It's like right. well, that's, that's Thor, you know, right. and like Wednesday, Woden's day and stuff. And it's like Saturn. It's, it's like well, no one thinks twice about those. You'll meet for somebody for coffee on Thursday, on Thursday, and you'll call it Thursday. Right. <laughs> you know, and it, but it's like what uh, Doug Wilson pointed to Hosea 2.17 says, For I will remove the names of the Baals or the, the, or the gods from her mouth, and they shall be remembered by name no more. You know, and it's kind of how it is. Like apparently Esther is, has some pagan or, or Easter has some pagan roots in Ishtar or something, right? There was like a connection right. there. or I think that was the, the connection between that a Mesopotamian God is not even correct or something, but there was mm-hmm. that too, kind of conspiracy of like Ishtar. That's where we get Easter. So don't celebrate Easter and stuff. And it's like, nope, no one knows about Ishtar, right? <laughs> we know Easter. We know Christ was from the grave. Like that's what Easter is to people. And so, and that's good. It's like you're, you're, we're redeeming those things. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times in Christian culture, we have a tendency to just hide from things instead of redeeming them. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with music, right? Like, you wish right. it needs to be redeemed and glorify God, not man. But that's everything. You, you, you know, that's what Douglas said too. Like, oh, these pagan, it used to be pagan holidays. It's like, yeah, because we used to be pagans, mm. you know? <laughs> so now we're not, but we're still, <laughs> but we're still people. We're still like, you know, so, but we're redeemed people, we're redeemed pagans. Okay, well, let's redeem these pagan holidays. And mm. that's what everything needs to go towards. You know, well, and I mean, Christmas, Saturnalia, is, right? Like all the 
Right. Well, I mean, it, interesting too, when you look at it, if you, I don't know if you guys listened to uh, our, our friend uh, Nick over at Crisis Secure, he did a, a couple of episodes on Christmas this, this month. And there's research that's credible that Saturnalia and Sol Invicta, the, the two big Roman and Greek pagan holidays around Christmas time, were very minor in culture until yeah. Christianity. And when Christianity got big and they started celebrating Christ's birth around this time, the, the Romans had to have a response. They're like, we have to do something because they're, they're holidays too big. Yeah. Make ours bigger. Make ours better. Yeah. So all of those pagan Perfect holidays. Saturn back in Saturnalia. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was the. <laughs> they were the reactionary one. They were right. the. I can't believe they took Saturn off the Starbucks cups. I can't. <laughs> no way. <laughs> oh, man. But one of the aspects that's important to, to realizing that, and you've said it a couple of times. Is that when we talk about like oh Christmas trees have roots in in Roman uh, paganism where you bring greenery into your house to decorate or whatever? Yeah, Rome, pagans don't own greenery. They yes. don't own trees. Yeah. They don't own candles. They don't own decorate. Like that's not theirs. It doesn't right. work that way. There's no neutral and, ground, and they took it. Now we can't touch it. Yeah, there's no. Right. It's all gods. Like right, all of it. <laughs> yeah, music, trees, uh, lights. Ain't a star, a stars, everything. There's no everything. It's, it's they've they've taken these things. Any any thing, any any element that a witch would use in a ritual, or any pagan or godless thing, they're all using all of God's stuff to do it, and it just needs to be right. redeemed, right? Mm -hmm. We need to redeem the goat's head, right? It's not the symbol of like Satan. It is. It's being perverted that way. But God created goats. Like that's right. not, you know what I mean. So it's not. We can't just stay away from goats because of how they're being perverted and used or whatever, you know. But I think that's how it is. Like even like with sex, like sex gets perverted into this mm -hmm. other thing. So sex is bad. So like, right. no, you're missing the point. And it, it's good. It needs to be redeemed. Everything God created created good, and it's fallen in this world. But we need that is our job, and that's I say the work to do. Having children. Having children with Down syndrome is being perverted. That's mm. it's, it, procreation has been perverted and, and distorted and disrupted and and just totally twisted uh, in this fallen world. But we don't stop having babies. You do have babies. You you fight against abortion. You fight. You know. You redeem these things. Redeem procreation. Redeem male and female. Redeem music. Redeem holidays. Redeem all these things because God created them and. And that is like the work that is, is to work. Our job is to work and keep and right. keep is a big part of that. And for its original intent, which is to glorify God. Mm. So just take it back. This is, there's no, that was ours. Even science <laughs> and, and reason, I mean, a lot of morality. That's ours. That's Christian. That's God's. <laughs> that the Atlantic article you were reading, it's not even like they have that firm a grip on it. Like you can see it. Starting to fall apart. Yeah. yeah. Right in front of their face. Like they can't, keep the narrative going yeah they don't even know what to think about these things they just know they're wrong and it's like yes like don't you know and it shouldn't be this like kind of battle it should be ba the battle against the ideas but it should be approached as well as like they're lost and they're and and we right. have the answer of christ right mm. it's like that's what i think about a lot with like joe rogan and, and jordan peterson and stuff and they're, they're, you're you're 
you're on the you got they know they know there there's something to this masculinity thing they know that there's something to this responsibility and leadership and kind of uh intent gender roles kind of thing but they but it's like oh, i don't want to offend i don't know what to say how to how to approach it and it just becomes this controversial crazy thing um you know where something as just benign as men and men are men and women are women becomes this controversial statement right it's like we're, it's, we live in this world that's been so twisted and, and, and fallen that it's a controversial statement to say, kill the rapist and let the ch- child live. Mm. That's a con- like death penalty. No one wants death penalty for rapists, but they do for innocent children in the womb. This is the world. Like that's, that's the mindset and ideology, but there is an answer. There is hope. And because there's hope, we have been tasked with bringing that gospel to those people as they, they're blind. It's not like, it's not this us against them kind of thing. It's right. we're part of this kingdom and there's this crazy psychotic rebellion against the kingdom. It's like, okay, we need to help you and bring you into the truth, into Christ's kingdom. And it's not like two warring kingdoms uh, fighting each other. It's there's one king, one kingdom and rebels to the kingdom and they need to be brought into the fold and like received in. But and some will just die in their sin and, and, and refuse. But it should be offered approached with patience and grace basically mm-hmm. is what i'm trying to say not like screw them they're trying to do this whatever it's like you're getting angry at a blind person because they can't <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> don't right. get angry with them and people just if anything it's like a almost like a pity thing but don't right. pity people but you know what i mean just share the gospel and bring the truth the, the hope is the good news is the good news that there is right. the gospel and that right. christ did die and rise from the grave and we are part of building that kingdom. So there's work to do. Yeah. that's. So we, I want to touch on this just to clarify, because I feel like we did a lot on it before, but just for anybody who doesn't know or who hasn't, he's coming in late to the game and wants to know what is post mill? What is post millennialism? So it's, uh, it's an eschatology. Which what is an eschatology? <laughs> <laughs> you watch the Goldbergs. <laughs> yes, yeah, I love the Goldbergs. <laughs> there was a part where, where Barry, you know, kind of dopey one, he uh, is trying to study for the SAT, and he's doing flashcards, you know, for words, you know, mm-hmm. and um, he's like, he had to do it like he's like gregarious, like, sociable, sociable, friendly. <laughs> 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 To break it down even further, <laughs> <laughs> so, he didn't even understand the interpretation. <laughs> yeah, that's what I feel like with with, with eschatology and post mill and stuff. It, oh, there's sure. so much, there's so much like un, un, unwinding that that kind of needs to be done. Um, but basically, um, it's it's. I would like to start with Left Behind because everybody kind of knows about that, like the rapture, Left Behind, Jesus coming back. You know, right. people are going to dis- all the good people, all the Christians are going to disappear, and the clothes are going to fall down, and the cars are going to crash, and the planes are going to fall out of the sky because the pilots are disappeared. And um, like, there's that many Christian, you know, like that's complete <laughs> uh, <laughs> chaos. Everybody disappears, uh, and then what is that? The like the seven year, then the, or that's seven the the seven year tribulation. Uh, and then, uh, then it's 
then you can be saved again after that or something. You can be saved. Right? I don't know the pre-mill. Like, I'm just so, like, folks so, don't so. This yeah, is the pre-millennial <laughs> eschatology, dispensational pre-millennialism. And that's, so, the, that's the thing of what this is, of Left Behind, Tim LaHaye, right. the book, the movies. That's End of the world, pre-millennial. sun goes out, all that stuff. Right. And, like, it's, it's taking a very literal look at Revelation and end-time stuff and saying, oh, man, there's going to be these beasts with seven right. heads and all these weird things, beast monsters coming out of the ocean, and the moon is gonna, the fall, stars are gonna fall from the sky, which means suns literally blasting into Earth, I guess. Right, right, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that well, goes. Dude, what I always liked about that is that when they would get to those passages, they would turn it uh, figurative, like, what oh, does it mean a literal star? It means a comet or something, because they wouldn't have known that about. Like, well, which part? Why do you get to decide it's 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 con- when it's convenient, it's a symbol. But, but when those, it's when it's but your those, but those grasshoppers with human faces are Apache yeah, those are real brother. Yeah, <laughs> so it's gonna be the Apache helicopter. Anyway, it's a very literal view of end times, apocalypse, uh, craziness, or whatever. Or when this is post millennial, and, and I'll leave all millennial out of this, but uh, post <laughs> millennialism basically is the opposite of that idea that instead of the church shrinking and things getting progressively mm. worse. In human history, and the and the Christians are oppressed, and you know, put aside, and the church is dying and shrinking, and everything's terrible, and World War Three, and awful, just sin. It's like Noah and the time, you know. Uh, then Jesus is going to come back. That's when, like, all right, I've had enough. It's bad enough. I can come back, and uh, Jesus comes back, and that's the second coming, and that's the eschaton. The eschatology is the study of the end times, right? And so, the second advent. Postmillennialism believes that instead of that, the world will grow increasingly more Christian and the gospel will succeed in human history as human history progresses, um, that it has in the past. Things have progressively gotten better for Christianity, for the church, and for humanity in general since Christ came to the world. Right. Um, so, and, and since then, and, and that the, the, the world will become more Christianized, basically, not universalism where everyone's a christian not that right, that's right. not what the bible says but there will be a major christian influence on a lot of politics on law on uh business on education on culture music everything will will have this hint of this tint of christianity that points to god and the bible and that'll become uh the kind of the forefront of people's mind stuff and like it's almost not everyone's a christian but more christian it's almost world. like it's i wish there was an analogy we could use like the kingdom of heaven is like uh something really small that grows into something really big like i wish that jesus had said something about that so that yeah, we could you know, you did. Have, yeah right there kind of, you know like a mustard seed or something yeah that grows into something big but that's i mean that's the idea really is this idea, and it's it's all through it's the an gospel. optimistic view of the future, for the, right. specifically for Christianity and the church, that the church will grow, and that the gospel will be spread around the world, and that the world will take on uh, at least Christian attributes and, and ideology, right. if not becoming a Christian mm-hmm. themselves. And right? I mean, what's what's crazy is we see that happen through history. Like, where do we get the idea that you shouldn't enslave somebody based on their race or color? Right. Not from that Darwinism. Really Christianity. That's the only place that comes from. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you get I'll, the idea it, that people should be free to decide how they want to live their life without dictatorships telling them what they should do. That doesn't come from anywhere else. 
where do you get the idea of immaterial laws of logic that we should hold each other to when we're reasoning together and arguing and debating ideologies right. in the first place, right? Like not from materialism, not from godless worldviews. So yeah, yeah, right. It's so like, and, and I think overall the world has embraced a, a ideas that are only intelligible in Christianity and in, 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 in a God, Christian godly worldview freedom, peace, justice, love, compassion, fair trade, uh, uh, weights and men, you know, all these things that we don't get that without God. Like that, mm. that you're, they're for it, but they don't know that they love eating the fruit, but they just denying the orchard, you know, mm. and like they're denying the, the source of these good things. Right. And which is irrational and crazy, but they're, they, they, they know the fruit is good. They know mm -hmm. that these things are right. We ought to be logical. We ought to be moral. We ought to, and that didn't used to be the case in human history. Right. It was might used to be might makes right. It used to be, hey, you know, survival of the fittest and dog eat dog kind of thing. And, and like, what you're you're good if you win and kill the other person. Right. Like that used to be the the understanding. Like that was it. But now that's not that's not the way that humans operate anymore because Christ entered the world. Right. And, I, and it will right. you know, increasingly become more of that. That's the post-millennialist view. And then that there will be a golden age of the Christian church in the world and that there will be a, uh, like a, a, a real like tangible in this lifetime, in this history, dominion of Christianity over the world um, of the gospel, people following the gospel and following the uh, tenets of, of Christianity. Um and then Christ will come back. And that's mm. so the exact opposite of like a premium view, which is right. everything will diminish and get worse. <laughs> and it, it's not, it, it, I know it's hard for people to comprehend because if you are an American Christian, left behind is what you know. But this idea is not like foreign to the history of Christianity. Oh, it was yeah. the, the dominant. Left behind is foreign. Yes. It, it, if you spoke to somebody anytime before 1900 about any of this stuff, they would it's, have no clue what you were talking about. Postmillennialism was the prominent eschatology before World War One. Yes. So the Puritans, I mean, ev all everybody, That's all the Christians. Yes, they are. Uh, they thought, "Wow, we're we're going to expand. This is going to be like we're going to do this. This we're growing, and this is not because uh, it was a promised land, but like we're going to expand and grow Christianity, and this is part of it." And, and again, you have like quote unquote the Christian nation. We're not mm -hmm. as an all American policies and people are Christian and that's not what postmillennialism is but it was the United States of America was founded on st specifically biblical principles of right. uh, that that only mean anything for a moral and religious society right. uh, so and, and and now the United States is the leader of the free world and I would say leader of everything economy and you know uh, like all, all the things and capitalism and democracy and freedom and peace and like all these things like it's innovation technology um i mean america's kind of led the way on a lot of those things mm. and i think it has to do with that christian predominantly christian worldview that the united states has but, and the drift comes when we embrace secularism that's when we start to see the economy shift and other nations mm -hmm. have more when we we disregard that that place we come from and mm -hmm. I, I think it's interesting that the idea of that influence is not like 
new to Christian thought. It, it's one of those things that always stuck out to me about the law of God in general. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter four, there's a, a verse where it talks about the law that God gave to Israel was a, an evangelical law in a way where other nations around them in, in, in the Middle East would look at them and say, what nation is this whose God is so close to them from right. the laws that they have? So the intent was always that there would be a, 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 a light in the darkness, a, a, you know, a, that kind of city, shining city on a hill that the people of God would just radiate this godliness that would have an influence over everything around them. And for some reason, like you said, after World War I, we just decided it was the opposite. Like instead of, instead of being that shining light, we're going to hunker down. We're going to light a candle, but then hide it under a basket <laughs> instead of putting it up to light the whole world. We're just going to hunker down and wait for this to all get done. Yeah. And when it's all hell, we know we're closer to home. Yeah. I mean, I think it was Michelle Bachman, the Republican kind of psycho, uh, that, that literally talked about gen like World War Three as like, that's fine because that means Jesus is coming back. Like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> this is where that goes. Like, yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> that's, that's the, you know, say like him or hate him, neutral opinion, you know, whatever you have about Trump. He, he's been doing these things in the Middle East where he has these peace deals yeah. and you can just see people like lose it over that. Like, oh, he must be the Antichrist because he's doing peace. Like only in, mo in modern American Christianity can someone make peace between two warring factions and we see them as the devil. Right. It's so bizarre. And especially, uh, you know, you were talking about how they, they, they love the fruit, but they deny the orchard, especially at Christmas time. Because yeah. every special you see, every movie you're going to see is about family, about togetherness, about thankfulness, about uh, a lack of um, materialism as much as we promote it. All of that <laughs> stuff that makes no sense in a random chance universe with no governing principles or God to, to hold us to accountability. Like yeah. what difference does it make if I'm selfish? What difference does it make if I cherish my family? If there's ultimately no standard that I have to be held to, if I'm, if I'm just an animal. If I'm just stardust, what difference does it make how I treat other people at any time of the year? It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and that is something that, you know, uh, like the Grinch, you know, that, that even has that song. But then at the very end, like, oh, maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe mm. Christmas needs something a little bit more. Yes. And, and, it, and it does. And, and it's good to, to recognize family over like consumerism. But even that is the created thing over the creator, you know, yes. you're glorifying, you, you know, we come together with for family and, and yeah, like that's, that's good, but it's not God. And so right. that we have to make sure that Christ is that Christmas is about Christ. And right. that is worth celebrating with your family, with a Christmas tree, with songs, with ugly sweaters, with, you know, <laughs> all the things that we do and that's fine. But, uh, but it's all for, you gotta remember what it, and that's why people, you know, hate Christmas music and stuff. Cause we've forgotten what we're celebrating every mm. time, time you forget that is you, the, the rituals and the holidays and the, in the routines that we're going to, you're going to get sick of it. Cause if, you're not thinking about what it's actually for, you know, mm. but when you, when you remember that it's like, and you, and you know that all these things are pointing to that. You, if you value that thing, you're going to love those things that point to it. You know, you love pointing to it. <laughs> it's, it, it almost saddens me a little bit that we're kind of drifting away from the old Christmas songs. Uh, yeah. Now it's like pop radio Christmas hits. Yeah. And you know, they're, they're okay. You, you get kind of festive and they're fun, but they're not 
they're just that. It's like oh, the or it's like the hallmark hallmarkification of Christmas time, Oof. where it's a good Christmas yeah, and you yeah. find your romance or you you realize that your your job was holding you back and your true self is in the small town. Like that's what Christmas means. That's the miracle of Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, it is just all these kind of fallen short ideas, you know, again, good, good things, but not God and not the point. Not yeah, yeah, it's what you should be using to celebrate uh, Christ mm. is, is that or celebrating with not celebrating that thing. What do they sing at the end of uh, It's a Wonderful Life? Is it Joy to the World? I know they sing Odd Lane Sign, but yeah, it's old things. I, um, I think it's all they sing. That, Joy that, to the that, World is possibly the most post mill mm. right um i mean yeah <laughs> yeah let me look at the lyrics here yeah, we'll put up right um here. put them up pull them up i can't fit them all but like, i mean just go through yeah. them joy to the okay. world the lord has come let earth receive her king like game over stop right there that's it <laughs> the king. let earth receive her king boom let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing, right? So it's like, this is not like, get rid of nature, leave the world. No, joy to the world. Like, that's mm -hmm. not, we don't have this uh, Gnostic idea that like the world is bad and everything that, ugh, this is Satan's world, I can't wait till we leave. You know, that's the mentality of, of Christians a lot of times, is that this world just belongs to Satan and we're, you know, I just can't wait to leave, you know? And it's like, no. It's instead of like, and, and we are foreigners, right? Live as aliens in, in this world, right? But right. we're taking this over. Like this is mm. this was our place, you know. We're not, yeah. We we're living as aliens now because the culture is a certain way, but it's going to change and be redeemed to Christ. Mm. And so, like, he has dominion. He's king. Mm. Um, I mean, we've said this before, yeah. and it, it's one of the things you say that always like sticks in me because, like, it's so true. What would our lives, the area around us, or the world look like if we actually believed that? Like, what would your school look like if you actually believed you could save people at your school? Well, not you, but yeah. Like, but yeah, but <laughs> right. If you could bring the gospel to them and they would actually receive it, like the gospel would actually do what it has the power to do in the world around you. Right. And, but, and, and we don't even think that. So we don't even tell one person. We don't even live as a christian because we're just like there has to be a boldness in your christianity mm. because it's like when someone comes to your house and you feel like you're in their house or something you know what i mean if, if someone comes mm. to your house and you don't ask hey can i get something from the fridge right it, it's your fridge what are you <laughs> asking me for you know i'm at your house well that's what i'm saying this kingdom re re rebellion thing this is the kingdom of God, of our father, of our king. And we don't, we're the king's kids. We don't have to ask, can we reason? Can we use science? Can we, what are you talking? This is your, like, <laughs> we're acting like they have any sort of ownership of this. And it's ridiculous. Like, why are we asking if Christian, if Christian, uh, Christians can be reasonable or Christian in reason and faith and, and logic and, and rational, like, this just doesn't even make sense. It literally is like someone coming to your house and you asking them like, Hey, I wonder if I can use the fridge or if I can sit on the couch or if I, it's like, this is yours. Why are you asking me like this? Why would you ask anybody at your house if you can get a cup of water or something, you know? 
So it's like, it just doesn't make any sense. And that's how we should live as if this is um, our home and it may be under construction. It might be a, a house that's, you know, under construction, which it is. There's a lot of broken windows and ripped up tile and dust in the air and stuff, but there's work to do. That means you're working. That means you're building this and we are building the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Like that means that's what that means. Like kingdom come, that will be done. Like on earth as it is, like not, yeah, it's just, uh, and that's the joy to the world. Like that is it, you know, right. let men their songs employ. And I love this, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat mm -hmm. the sounding joy. Like every, the whole world, right? Door to the world, the savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Mm. I mean, everything's his, and it's all to glorify God. And that's, man, it's like, yeah, Joy of the World's probably my favorite Christmas song. I really, I think Oh Holy Night is probably my favorite one. But it has that same kind of, you know, where it, uh, Holy Night that starts with Brightly Shining. It is the yeah. night that our dear savior's birth long lay the world in sin sin and error pining that's my favorite part sin and error pining like what are they pining for they're pining for salvation mm. yeah. that's what the world has been waiting and that's what paul talks about when he says since that day all of creation has been groaning like that that idea that it's waiting for something to fix everything yeah. that's wrong um right yeah mm. and it's not mean the whole so, world be christians it means the world that the, the world is part of that and not john 3 16 like for God right. to love the world. Well, does that mean everybody's going to become Christian? No, but that does mean something though, that he sent Christ to the world. Like right. the world is better because Christ was here. And that's you important know. that that word uh, world is yeah. cosmos. Like it has to do with creation, not just, right. you know, the way we typically use it is the like, globe. well, all people, but like, no, it's like all of existence. Yeah. God so loved. That's how much he loved that he sent his son into existence it, fields and floods and rocks hills and right. plains <laughs> it's all of the world Man. repeat the sounding joy yeah and this line he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the mm. and glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love i mean that's it like <laughs> he rules mm. the world with truth and grace yes i'm an iron fist not in revelation where he comes and slaughters all the infidels that's Islam. <laughs> People mistake Christianity and Revelation with Islam. He's going to come up and be, he says, he's wading in up to the, the his the, his horse's neck in right. blood, right? Like, oh, okay, so he's just going to slaughter. Like, you talk about jihad. Like, he's going to, the Christ is going to come back and just like slaughter everyone. No, it's figurative speech of like, this is the conquering king. And that's right. how, that's the justice that's going to be done. And in fact, it was actually Christ who bled and, mm. and, and suffered that for us. You know, and it's and like the left behind people in the pre meal like they believe that the temple, like the Jews, the Jews who reject Christ are going to be saved. Mm. I don't understand how, how, how John Hagee is obsessed with <laughs> Israel and the Jews who reject Christ, say he's not the Messiah, and that they're going to be saved. That, doesn't, that makes no sense biblically at yeah, all as far as chosen people. You know, <laughs> it's it's the rejection of any logical doctrine of election, right? Like that's well, part there's, no of it. There's, there's a set. They keep the church and in, in, in Israel separate. Right. Israel and Christians are separate, and that's a big thing. And 
I forget what I, I was. I was called recently something. Um, was it replacement theology? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And and I, I was talking to somebody. It was that our church hosted a debate between a Christian Arab and a and a Muslim. There's a, oh, wow. a local local imam that was here, all in Arabic. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly. Did we record that? Uh, I think so. It's on. It's somewhere. Man, uh, there's plenty, uh, so. plenty of upset people cool. recording it on Facebook Live with their phone, <laughs> screaming in Arabic. <laughs> it was it was pretty crazy, but uh, it was cool. But the guy, the Christian, was exiled from. He was um, it was called like not allowed back to Jordan because he's mm. a Christian now, and uh, yeah, and so but he, they were going back and forth and stuff and. Um, Afterwards, some lady came and wanted to see it and stuff. And she was like one of these Hagi pro-Israel. Right, uh, right. I guess she did like the Jews for Jesus thing and kind of like comes from like a messianic Jew background. It's like, okay, cool. But um, yeah, she was, we got to talking and um, she was asking me if I heard of this person, that person, He, this person teaches this, whatever. And she was asking about the well, about our church. And I was like, well, we're, you know, I forget what she said. She just said something about the Jews and about the chosen I was like, well, Romans nine, like children of the promise, right? Like not, not your last name is Goldstein. Like that you're like, it's not ethnic and children of a physical descent of Abraham, but children of the promise are the chosen. And she was like, Oh, you're one of those. Like you're, <laughs> he's like, I've heard about people like you. <laughs> I've never actually met one before though. And I was like, what am I? She's like, you're a replacement. And I didn't, I was like, yeah. I never heard it before. I was like, but I kind of pieced it together what they talked about, like the church replacing Israel, I guess. Right. And That's I was like, idea. oh, no. Well, I mean, the, the, the way the Bible words it is grafted in. Right. But okay, like, because there are Jews that do believe their Messiah and right. believe that their prophets and their Messiah came. And that is Jesus. Jesus was a Jew and fulfilled Judaism, like with, as in Christ. And, and we're grafted into that. Gentile and Scythian and everything else. So that's what I believe. Children of the promise, um, not physical descent. And yeah, so yeah, we're going to go back and forth to that. But um, yeah, it is it, it is kind of a crazy idea with that. of <laughs> You can reject Christ and still. Well, I mean, that's what, you know, the comment, that idea, because they believe they're the chosen people. Like it's just a misappropriation or mis placement of that idea of chosenness yeah right we, we would agree everyone who is saved is a chosen son of god but it like you said it, it romans 9 it doesn't have to do with your ethnic background it's that idea of being chosen that's why it says abraham was the father of those who are uncircumcised and also those who are circumcised through the promise and that's why when he said offspring meaning one referring to jesus the true israel jesus so are you in israel well are you in christ if you're in christ then you're in israel if you're not right. then you're not you reject christ and crucify exactly. him and scream crucify him. Uh <laughs> you can be redeemed from that, as Peter was, and you know, his denial right. and everything. But uh yeah, if that's where your heart is now, you're not you're not gonna be just like because you because you were born of physical descent in a certain nation or to certain to a certain ethnicity or race, it's not ethnic. It, I mean and it's just the Bible makes that so clear. Uh, and like that's the whole point of christianity that was one of the biggest accomplishments of christianity in the world is making all ground level at the foot of the cross like this there is no slave there is no king there is no 
Jew, there is no Gentile, there is no Scythian and, and barbarian or whatever. Like it's all you are a child of God. That period. And no caveats, no right special asterisks for oh well I'm born of this doesn't matter. Like <laughs> and that's and it's the point is Christ. Right. That's the <laughs> once again we go back to that. The point is Christ all the time. Yeah. But I mean that's what we're gonna come back to Christ. Lose that. That's where we get these weird ideas that right. well, there's two chosen people. There's right. Christians and there's then it becomes just, political. Then it becomes like a, a kingdom of this world, and uh, that this world produces not a kingdom in this right. world that's being redeemed, but a kingdom of this world. Mm-hmm. Right. You're waiting for Jesus to hand out judgment from a temple somewhere. It's like you, you lost it. You completely lost it. And I really yeah, like I uh, that lady. She's like, I was like, yeah. Well, I don't believe it's going to reinstate the sacrificial system. Right. in the new world and she's like well he will i'm like what are you talking about like <laughs> that's insane like that's completely insane christ yeah. is the ultimate sacrifice or right. he's not why in the world do we keep going back to the blood of animals <laughs> that makes no sense but it is this obsession with like ethnic judaism right. <laughs> i don't know man yeah. it's uh, thankfully, I think there's kind of been with the resurgence in Calvinism. There's also been a resurgence in postmillennialism because they kind of go hand in hand. Once you once you understand like election and justification in that way, the the your eschatology kind of has to change because it can't hold on to that idea of that you know 144,000 literal Jews that goes out the window once you start reading things in that light. Um, yeah, I really did like this comment though because I think this is one that we, uh, the song that we didn't talk about. And it's yeah. one that's maybe the most post mill is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Oh. It's Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King, Peace on Earth and Mercy Mild, God and Sinners Reconciled. Like, that's it. Mm. That God and Sinners Reconciled. Like, that's that's why we should celebrate Christmas. Because that's that's it. God and Sinners Reconciled. What other reason do you need to, like, just go all out and celebrate everything? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a reconciliation. And right. yeah, see. glory to the important thing, peace on earth and mercy mile. God and sin is reconciled. Yeah. Man, I always get, the older I get, the more it happens, but I get real weepy at Christmas time. Like, I don't get emotional about much, but at Christmas time, everything makes me cry because it's just that idea of like, <laughs> there is actually peace and reconciliation and hope and like, the, the promise is real. And realized, and like yeah. we have that everlasting hope in a, a kingdom that cannot be toppled or any of that. You know, it just you're justified, you're clean, yeah, you're, you're reconciled to God. Like the, it's just mind blowing yeah. ideas, just it, over and over at Christmas time. Yeah, it it is. It, it was interesting to see when we kind of study culture and society and stuff. You see, and, and I kind of like. Um, grappling with this idea of politics in general, maybe it's election year and just this, this, though this, this 2020 has been so politically insane and politically just driven, like everything is political. Um, but what you see is a people wanting to be changed. You see like that's Marxism and in the communist left is the, 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 the point is to change what humans are. Right, right, and I feel like the people on the right deal with how people, how how people, how people are. People are this way, so we got to figure out this incentives and capitalism. Right. They want to be, you know, whatever. 
Marxism and like the leftist ideologies want to change what humans are. They want regeneration. And guess what? It exists in Christ, right? And I think that's kind of the Ayn Rand right says, no, there is no regeneration. We just have right. to deal with this kind of doom and gloom, uh, fallen state of man. You know, weird. We're, we're just evolved societies of bacteria doing what evolved societies of bacteria do. And we got to figure out a political system and uh, economic <laughs> structure around that. Well, right. no. Like, <laughs> yes, we are that way. But that's not the answer. Politics yeah. or new government programs are not the answer. Left or right. The answer is Christ. And you will find regeneration of your fallen human state in Christ. But just even the recognition of the fallen human state, that's something to go off of. That gives me hope. Right. Like, right. Even from like the farthest leftist communist kind of like from the ashes of the society from will come will you know come forth a new human and they want to literally change what humans are and that's a noble goal so noble in fact it's christ like mm. that is regeneration <laughs> is found in christ and so right. you there is an answer for that which is so amazing and so helpful and that should be how we approach uh these godless worldviews both left and right is that there is a way for humans to be regenerated in christ mm. And here's the gospel, and here's the good news. You 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 got the bad news right. That we're right. <laughs> Crony capitalism, unjust wars, genocide, human life. Right. You got the bad news right. <laughs> the good news is Christ. The good right. news is the gospel. The good news is there is newness in life of life in Christ, and you can be regenerated in Christ. Dead becoming alive, and that is the answer. And that the answer needs to be brought to a world that's asking for it. All right. They're asking for that answer. They're they're seeking it. They're they're trying to find it in economics and political worldviews and whatever. But it's not gonna be found there. And Christians have the answer of Christ, and that needs to be brought there. And I mean, not I've I feel like it was Matt Chandler, it might have been somebody else who said it, that said we should be singing Christmas songs year round because like it it's always true. And that, that is true. But I think right now is a special time because it is amplified so much. Like the world is not just, you know, they're receptive a little bit more in this way because it's built into the culture at this point. And you can see it when they, when people do kind of freak out about nativity scenes or you have to say happy holidays, be inclusive of everybody. Like there's still that twinge of like, this is to Jesus right now. And it's like, yeah, it is. It's to Jesus right now. Like it's in your face. And I feel like that's a, an opportunity that we should be taking advantage of right now. Like, and, and not just through, not just through, you know, in your face evangelism, but just the idea of like the joyfulness of Christmas. It, it kind of goes back to that idea of like, uh, let, let uh, men see your good works that they may glorify your father who is in heaven, that radiating joy that comes off of you, that it comes back to like, why, why, right. why do you have so much joy right now? Why do you have, especially now, 2020 is like a depressing Christmas for everybody. Everybody's fired. Everybody's isolated. Everybody's depressed. Everybody's miserable. So what would that do if we just don't look like that? If we're just different, if we do have a joy and a hope that has no earthly explanation right now in, in anything, there's no reason to feel this way. There's no reason to have this, but we do like, what, what would that do to people around us? How much would that make them question? Yeah. Yeah, and it is that, you know, first Peter three fifteen thing of like always have always be ready to have an answer for the hope that mm -hmm. is within you. Well that assumes right. they see a hope within you. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're, if you're 
walking around hoping for the end of the world uh, instead of the re redemption of the world. You know, there's no hope in that. <laughs> you know, there's, there is hope in the redeeming of the world and that there is an answer, an actual answer, not a spiritual pie in the sky kind of uh, when we all die in the sweet by and by. Like, no, like in human history, like the gospel was succeed here on earth as it is in heaven. Like, so that it, this is a, it becomes real when you think of it that way. And that's a post-millennial thought of like, this is real. This is gonna happen. The gospel will succeed and Christ has dominion of the earth now, not hopefully in the future, but now like this is like, so it's all acting like it, right? And, and building, start building that kingdom and you can actually do something about abortion. You can actually do something about unjust police practice. You can do something about uh, all these things. Mm -hmm. There is justice, there is peace, there is freedom. There is love and compassion and grace and and that's the thing too of like this whole like cancel culture, right? Again, you got the bad news right. People right. screw up and make mistakes and sin, but in their view, there's no grace. Like a red right. white fragility, red white fragility, and that's the whole premise of that is that you're going to spend the rest of your life uh, apologizing for being white and for <laughs> this like white guilt that you have just by your nature of being white. Which again, you're getting the bad news right. We are born with sin nature. People are racist, people are bigoted, and, and unjust. But your worldview doesn't have any grace in it. There's no forgiveness. There's no redemption. There's right. no reconciliation. It's just pay for your sins your whole life. Well, that's hell. That's that's hell. <laughs> Literally, like, well, I'm gonna I'll pay for my own sins. Okay, that's hell because that's how long it's gonna take for you to pay for your sins. You know, the wages of sin is death, and so. And you're going to pay those wages in hell forever because that's how big a sinner you are. That's how removed you are from God, eternally removed. So you're going to spend eternity paying for your sins in hell. Well, that's white fragility in like the whole white guilt thing. It's like you can never not be racist because you're white. Or you can never not be a sinner because you're human. Right? Well, with grace in Christ, you can. And forgiveness and redemption and reconciliation to that, you can change your nature. Or Christ can change your nature. Man, it's 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 encouraging uh, on the one hand and disheartening on the one hand. Be, uh, on the one hand, it is sad to see the war, the, the the typical American Republican Christian trying to change things through policy or through preaching the gospel of Republican family values or stuff like that. You know that is disheartening, but it's also really encouraging to know that you know past all of that, there is an actual answer. Like the gospel will do what it said it would do. It will conquer the world. It will change hearts and minds. It will make one man out of all. Like all of that stuff is true. And I feel like that's the – one of the things that I've been holding on to a lot during this year because it has been nuts. Like this, if it, regardless of how you feel about whatever's going on, whether you believe it, whether you don't believe it, whatever you think, if you're a conspiracy theorist or whatever. The pandemic. The world has been crazy. Everything has been brought to a screeching halt. People are depressed. People are suicidal. Everything is going nuts, and it looks dark. But that hope that, like, the gospel is real and true. I think we don't think about that enough. Like, we, we do in an esoteric way. Like, well, it was real for me. It was true mm -hmm. for me. Like, it's yeah. But, like, no, the gospel is true for the world. Right. It's true for everyone. It's true all the time in every situation. And guess what? It's bigger than one year of human history. 
like that's just so for people that's 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 the thing this whole like optimistic view of the gospel succeeding in human history can be like crumbled by one year <laughs> of human history right? 20, right oh how can you believe in 2020 look at the world okay you're talking about one year in the entire history of human human beings what are you talking about this is nothing even compared to the last like big pandemic of like the spanish flu right like that was that was huge that was big and again that's kind of like when everything changes like turn of the century in the, in the 20th century world war one spanish flu right. world war two like the whole thing well stop and consider who won world war one world war two mm. the fascist powers of eugenics and materialist domination is it no the, the the axis powers of freedom and democracy and peace and what are what everybody agrees are actually good things in the world that's who won world war ii right, right. that's why i'm a post-millennialist not because world war ii happened but because of who won world war ii mm. right same thing with 2020 like what what is this going to be how are we going to like write this down in the history books whatever you talk about one year and again we might i think the church is in its infancy mm. 2000 years like you know it's not uh a lot, i think a lot of people think it's in its adolescence or adulthood the christian church and it's going to enter the winter of its life and age and die or something and it gets weaker at, in its old age no i think we're in our infancy and we're going to look at another five ten thousand years of human history and guess what america might be a blip on that radar of human history <laughs> right I mean, we look at other society. My mom said it like uh, we're still a very young country with very little history. That's so true. Right. Like, <laughs> like everybody thinks that America is this like promised land of this is how it's all going to end <laughs> with the greatness of America. Hey, maybe right. not. You know. So, yeah, we have to start living with the idea that America could be just this kind of blip on human history mm. that was a stone in the way on the way to on the pathway to uh the christianization of the world which it could be you know but i hope it is i'm gonna vote like it is i'm gonna act like it is i'm gonna work like it is but uh yeah what do you think about the end determines how you act today and if you think the church is gonna shrink and that's what when christ is gonna come why in the world would you try and grow the church why in the right. world would you try and evangelize and share the gospel it's, just, it's counterintuitive and you kind of hit what you aim at if you aim at a small church and world war three and whatever like oh guess what like you're probably gonna you're gonna shoot for that kind of thing but if you actually believe the gospel will succeed in that that's going to change how you live as a christian and that's why that's why i'm post mill that's it's just the more optimistic it makes your evangelism real it makes the gospel real and it just makes everything real <laughs> for christ right <laughs> and that you know i i think like you said it is <laughs> We have a very small history, but we're also very Amerocentric. And I don't think the the generations before us thought in that way. For whatever reason, we are more self-centered and more and you know, we can see that through social media. That makes it that just it doesn't make us self-centered, I don't think. It just gives us a stage for our self-centeredness to be yeah. able to say. And it, it does kind of amplify it to some extent. But yeah. there is kind of that idea going back that like I I love to think about the Apostle Paul when you read his later letters and he's he knows he's not getting out of jail. Like he knows this is the end. He knows he's hit the, the end of the line and he can still say, I ran the race. I finished the fight and I kept the faith. 
And I yeah. think if we can just hold on to that idea, he, he I, I don't think he knew that centuries later we would still be reading his letters as inspired scripture and just like building off of those principles from the word that God gave him and the work that he planted in Europe would just flourish to the rest of the world. I, I don't think he had that vision, but I, I think uh, we need to hold on to that idea too, that at the end of, at end of life, we don't say like, oh, well, you know, America is more Republican because I was here or uh, I had the biggest house or my bank account was so full or my kids had everything they wanted. But that idea of I kept the faith, I finished the fight and I ran the race. Like just yeah. that's the goal. That's the aim at the end of everything is I kept the faith. Yeah. If we can hold on to that idea. I think we'll, you know, we'll start to see a turnaround. Yeah. I think ironically things get so good mm-hmm. that people start putting their faith in the wrong thing. In, in so, sort of some of the results we see of right. kind of common grace and in, in, in the, the, the growth of these Christian ideas and they put their faith in the wrong thing. Like uh, I heard a conversation on a podcast recently about someone asking like, where did this all go wrong? Where did this, like how did America become this like nanny state where everybody just wants the government to save them and think that they can and it's not working and it doesn't matter how many government, you pro- government programs you have in the inner city, they're still shooting each other and everybody's in, it's this what the money and political programs are not the answer. Well, why did we think they were? Well, it was because in the 1960s we put a man on the moon, and <laughs> you, know, you know it's like holy crap! Like whoa, this like we could do anything, you know. And we passed the Civil Rights Act, and it was like holy crap! This is we're in that like atomic age of like right Tomorrowland, right? And it really was like this like. Whew, this is it like we, we've reached we're, 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 we're right on the cusp of this like utopian right. uh tomorrow land kind of thing in the 60s and it was that so so much promise we're making everything equal we're, it's like booming industry and we won the world war ii and you know like oh man this this is great like everything was there's so much optimism for everyone right and, and, and but it was attributed to the wrong things it was and then it was like it was lbj like with with a lot of the um uh, equal results mm. idea, and then that idea of like, well, we could put them right on the moon. We could feed every person, mm. right? We can give everybody an education. We can get like, in 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 government became this godlike identity where people could just say like, okay, well, we can do anything because we did a lot of great things recently, <laughs> you know. And well, no, I mean, yes, those are great things, but you're attributing it to the wrong thing and then they're putting faith and money and power into more government control. And that's, we put our faith in the false God, mm-hmm. you know, left and right. You know, right. On it. And then the Americanism and the democracy and the government programs and government can just create jobs. We can just print money, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and just print money and just pass it out and everybody can eat. It's like, well, it's, uh, it works a little bit differently that way. And that's not where you're putting your hope. Right in the Federal Reserve, <laughs> we get to print money, you know. But <laughs> there is redemption and newness of life in Christ, not in right. government and policies and things. And yeah, just kind of got off track there. But we can get back. <laughs> we can get. There's <laughs> a great society, but it's not uh, American society. I right. Think. <laughs> right. The kingdom we're hoping for is not one that uh, is built on the American Constitution, well, but right. none of the, <laughs> the actual. So. It's not of this world. It could be in this right. world, I think, right. but not right. from this world. Mm. It doesn't come from this world, but it is in this world. Mm. Yeah. So hold on to that. Um, next week is going to be the last one we do for the year, and then we're off for a couple of weeks. Christmas is 
right after the new year's right after that. So uh, hopefully some exciting new stuff for the new year, some contacts we've made with some stuff that I don't want to talk about it too much yet, but hopefully more things going on next week. I'm super stoked for because uh, our friend Churchway VBS is going to be back on with us. And we're going to talk about Christmas movies. And he always like that, that last one, he pulled out some randomness that I was not ready for, but it was so good. So I'm hoping yeah. for a repeat of that this year. I got a stack of movies <laughs> on DVD. Just like it, dude, some of the, the Christmas specials on TV are my favorite ones. Cause they're all so random, <laughs> but conceivably like in every, in every TV show, Santa is real. Like conceivably, because that's how every episode of every Christmas special ends with, oh, Santa is real. Like, well, this is a bizarre world we live in. Yeah, we got to talk about Santa. I guess we can do that next time. Like, oh, man. Like real Santa or like? Yeah, yeah, real Santa. And uh, what we did, like St. Patrick, right? And like, yeah, that's true. Um, uh, we do that. We can do another kind of like profile of St. Nicholas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. And then, like, should you teach you? Tell your kids about Santa and how Christians should approach Santa. I've had some conversations about that with some people. Yeah. I had a teacher friend who got in trouble for, <laughs> for, agreeing, well, for agreeing with other students that Santa's not real. He didn't even say, like, hey, Santa's not real. Like, he was talking about somebody else, and then, like, oh, like, Santa's fake. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And then got an email from a student. Oh, my God. And, uh, you know, you can't. These kids are like 11. <laughs> it's fast. Know. Holy crap! Your kid's eleven and believes a big fat man's gonna come down the chimney. Santa, Santa is real. Is like the, the same thing as when you would tell the kid like wrestling is fake. They're like, shut up, it's real. Slap a reporter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's my favorite clip of all time. <laughs> was it Stossel? Yeah, it was Stossel. Stossel. He no, said he's no. still deaf. And I want to hear from that. Oh my god! Like, that guy hit him with everything. It was awesome. Why would you say that? Because <laughs> you know he's obviously smack you. Well, no, he didn't think that because any reasonable oh human would not do that. You're not dealing with reasonable humans. You're dealing with roided out meatheads. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> true. So was... up on their own drugs. <laughs> also, didn't think about where he was at the time. Oh my god! Yeah. Can yeah, you imagine? Oh my god. And my favorite part of that story is that the guy that did it got fired and he was confused. He was like, well, I thought I was standing up for the business. Like, no, man. <laughs> it's, it's like, well, we are. So the boss slaps him. <laughs> Vince McMahon slaps him. Yeah. Gerard's starting to understand Santa kind of like as a concept right now. Yeah. Like he can identify Santa Claus and he kind of sound like, hmm, okay, how do I explain? How do you yeah. tell a three-year-old about like shared mass delusion? How do you explain? <laughs> Everybody thinks Santa's real, but he's not. Asked all these transgender professors. I don't know. <laughs> Talk about mass delusion. <laughs> oh, that's my new conspiracy theory. Can't even find the word "woman" anymore. Santa Claus is uh, programming for you to accept alternate realities. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about Santa, but yeah. That's good. But yeah, it should be good. So next week, please. Uh, it, it will. It's always interesting. Should be fun. And he has a lot of opinions about consumerism, so I'm sure the the Christmas movie stuff will have a lot going on in that. So that George should be Wave. super fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. cool. I like him. He's a cool guy. I really like oh him. yeah, real thoughtful, real yeah, real smart yeah. about that. Yeah, 
and that doesn't agree with us on everything. That's great. I don't want to have people on here just like, oh yeah, I, I don't want this. <laughs> but that nodding heads, like a bunch of troll dog bobbleheads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's boring. <laughs> we'll ar- we'll cause an argument on purpose. <laughs> so until then hopefully we'll see you guys next week uh but for now this is the time and this is the place peace see you